You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani. We are two Texas licensed attorneys and we are here every Tuesday on 106.1 and 104.5 Conroe's FM. And you can also watch us live on Facebook. You can download us on Google Play and iTunes tomorrow. And um, so we're here today doing a follow-up of a segment that Tony did last week on car theft yes and i didn't finish uh in fact i uh, our guest maybe next week if i can get her on is one of the representatives from the montgomery county um sheriff's department's auto theft task force uh because uh i had to meet with them on the theft of her own car and then um I might be able to get uh, one of the people from the DMV, the investigators, on car theft because they had so much information to provide. But uh, what I wanted to uh, go over briefly, and you can, yeah, I think it, you'll have a lot of questions for me, I hope, uh, is sort of the tale of two cities of car theft. Um, because in this instance, the reason even this, this show came up is, uh, you know, my only exposure to car theft previous to this was I represent people that steal cars so i had an understanding of how they did it right and um while they are not good people my job is to make sure they get a punishment that um is commensurate with what they did as far as reparations to the people that got the car stolen so um you know they need representation right uh, but i also learned a lot about car theft in representing these car thieves and uh, a lot of them are on probation a lot of them didn't really know a lot about the uh, the, the big scheme because they were only a, a small part of the theft ring. So they didn't, they weren't kind of like the mafia. They didn't know what the other people were doing. They knew that their part of it was a small part in the, the scheme of stealing cars and selling them. And it's a big, big business. Oh, I bet. And um, so uh, in, in my situation, our car recently got stolen uh, from the doc- doctor's parking lot of right, where my husband hospital. works. And uh, we didn't, we had, <coughs> You know, the car was really, really clean. We had some stuff in it because we hadn't expected the car to be stolen. But it was, you know, uh, close to $1,000 in cash in the just money that I just gone to the bank and I was going to use. And I left it in there by accident. I forgot it was in the, the console. And uh, my, uh, you know, my beloved custom ice skates were about $3,500 that I'll never be able to break in again at my age. So I needed those. Those were the most important thing to me. Right. And then um, I had... Uh, we had a new Rumba. We had just gotten it in the mail, and it was still in the box, but I put it in the back of the, the Yukon because it was too heavy for me to bring up, you know, 800 feet to our drive. And then Jim took it to work the next day, didn't see it in there. It was dark when he left, and then the car got stolen at noon. And we had ex- expected— Tony, this. is this the Yukon with that's maroon, the Aggie colors? No, that is our Tahoe. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. We like SUVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is uh, another high-theft car, which we didn't know. Right. And it was amongst many, many high-end, 
you know, Maseratis and uh, not Ferraris. In the parking that. lot where but it was A parked. lot of Mercedes. Yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Jaguars and Jaguar, however they pronounce that, Jaguar. Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there, there was a lot of high-end, really expensive cars. And then we had our 2012 Yukon, you know, it's a family car. And, of course, that was the one that got stolen because it had a... Uh, according to what police believed, mm-hmm. um, it was the only car that had a space next to it. And when Jim pulled in in the morning, it was, you know, only space available. But as people were leaving for lunch, it was an available space next to him. And so the car thieves came in per this uh, very, very far away video that you couldn't see anything other than the activity. Um, they drove in and, with you know, within a minute, they had uh, entered the car. The car was leaving. We didn't know what they had done until... Uh, months later when they recovered it, which was a miracle that they recovered it. Right. And, uh, of course, by the time when we recovered it, uh, the way they recovered it was the uh, it, it was being it was in the commission. The people driving it were in the commission of stealing an Escalade from another car. And they didn't get that one, but they got ours. And so we got we got to see it. It was actually running. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, it was very, very damaged. It had been in a wreck. It had. Uh, some of our stuff was still in it, but not the stuff I wanted, not my skates, right. not the, the money, cash, not the rumba. Mm-hmm. But it had a lot of that uh, kind of Hispanic, Catholic, kind of semi, not really Catholic, but the morte, you know, whatever that religion is where they have the skeletons and stuff, all that. Lots. Uh, it was all Hispanic, lots of over-the-counter drugs, but they were all in Spanish, so I didn't know they were. Mm-hmm. And what surprised me was that when it was picked up in Fort Bend is that the police didn't do a thorough investigation there of uh, and take the, you know, and, and bag the stuff and try to get fingerprints and stuff. They just didn't do that. And so being a defense attorney, I did. I had gloves on. They let me into the lot. I bagged it all up. I was, like, ready to find out who had my skates. That was right. my the bigger interest. Right. And we had not... Um, we had not received an insurance payout because we were haggling with the insurance company over the actual cash value, which we're going to hit on a little bit today. You're going to talk about insurance fraud schemes uh, and why the insurance company doesn't believe you when you tell them your car is stolen. And and then they're just renowned, all of them, all state, nationwide, all the way down. That wasn't who we were with. That they don't give you... Uh, the best value that you're looking for because that's how they stay in business. <laughs> right. Why should they give you, you know, top dollar unless you've got that, you know, an extra insurance uh, like prong that says I'm going to get, you know, whatever the fair market value is, to, you know, our replacement value or whatever it is. And that's not what we had. And so um, as luck would have it, and I don't believe it was luck. I think it may have been, you know, through God's grace. I had um, all of my rosaries and <laughs> my miraculous medal and my prayer cards. And when we got the car back, the uh, we went and eventually had it detailed. It wasn't I think we had it towed, and it really wasn't running very well. But we got it to a place that or that detailed it for us, and we asked them to bag everything up with the gloves and everything, and don't throw anything out. And uh, one of the few things that, that they did find was my miraculous medal was still in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there must be something to it because we got the car back. And so ultimately, um, we did um, <clears throat> we we took the car at salvage value and in a smaller insurance payout and then we went about the business of getting the car repaired um so that we could and there's a lot to stuff you have to do when you get a salvage value car um it's not insurable anymore if it doesn't drive it can't Mm -hmm. be it's not you can't get it inspected it's it's um you have to get it fixed so that it will pass inspection and then you have to get the title change so that it is um 
a salvage repaired so that it can drive. But if you don't get the same insurance benefit and you probably will never be able to get comprehensive insurance on it again. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the thieves know you've got the car. I mean, there's a whole litany of things bad about taking a salvage value car, but it was our car. We were the second owner after Jim's cousin. And so it was well, right. Why is do. it bad if the thieves know you have the car? Well, according to the Montgomery County task force, they probably don't. It's not the only set of keys when they, change oh. the keys out they know where you live they'll just steal the car again and you don't have comprehensive on it oh so why not just come steal the car again they know where you work they know everything about you the thieves are not necessarily completely bad people but their business is stealing your car they may not injure you but they're going to get the car back right one of the suggestions that the task force said was immediately upon reading your car back if you elect to keep it um in any capacity whether it be salvage value or driver or whatever is to get the keys changed, changed. again mm-hmm. and um i thought that was i didn't even think about that right. when we recovered the car there were um four sets of blank keys in it this was something that they were they were planning to use our cars the getaway car obviously and um they had they, that was a ring um and we know that the guy that was driving it didn't just accidentally buy a stolen car which we'll talk about a little bit later on today because in the back passenger i'm sorry in the back driver's seat the the key that they broke out in our car lock was all broken out in the back seat obviously you're not going to drive a car for two months um, oh right and not look in the back seat yeah and say and no oh and there. they're mm-hmm. all they, there was boots in there they were living out of it kids stuff was in there mm-hmm. um uh of course, the defense that I make as a criminal defense attorney for burglars is, well, they didn't know it was stolen when they had it. We The bill of sale was still in the car, and the bill of sale was dated three days after it was stolen. So it was a quick flip, but it was a phony bill of sale, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, because we found the guy, if there was a real one, it was a car thief because our lock was in the back seat. Right. And so um, our fob still worked, mm-hmm. but the key didn't work. Um, only the new key that they made worked. And so now we need to get that changed too. Um, they had changed all the VINs on it to match a, a VIN number of a legitimate car. So um, let me see if that's the one. I'm, there's two stories here. Uh, let, me, let me think about that a minute. The VIN, oh, that wasn't it. The VIN was replaced to a different VIN, but the VIN didn't exist. The VIN didn't match. The VIN matched a a card that never had a VIN assigned to it. Was Did it look authentic when it was replaced? It looked exactly like the GM. They oh. had this down to a science. Wow. And, um, and the paper plate for the car sold, the bill of sale that was in the car and the paper plate, said it was a 2007 GMC when it was a 2012. And then we learned later through Harris County, so there's three different counties now involved, Montgomery, Harris, and Fort Bend where the car was registered, where the car was stolen in Harris, and where it was recovered in Fort Bend. So we have all different, and I'm surprised it wasn't in a different state, because that's how we couldn't even have, I don't believe it was in another state, we could have been able to locate the VIN, even though it's national now, there's a National Crime Bureau. But at any rate, it was all pretty quick, and through God's grace, we got our own car back, and that was just a miracle that Mm -hmm. Fort Bend even caught it and was able to to find that it was stolen because yeah. and That's the reason so in, in part they found because they were able to go to the engine okay mm-hmm. um our vin number had already been moved to a 2007 mercedes which didn't the vin numbers have uh the way they're set up is they have the model the year the maker and where it was you know it's got a it's a system of numbers and 
our VIN number wasn't wasn't had been put on a Mercedes, not the right year, not the right make, model, nothing. So, and the reason we knew Harris had found our car in part was because Harris County had called us back and asked, uh, "Is your Mercedes stolen?" And we're like, "Well, no, <laughs> we had a Yukon stolen." So they put it all together, and we were able to determine that. They were using our VIN on a Mercedes that wasn't stolen, but it was our oh. VIN. And so um, they're not all communicating. You have to do a little bit of legwork on your own if you want to kind of track it down, which is never wise. But I do criminal defense, and I wanted my ice skates, and I still do. And so um, what we did was we uh, – the, the, you were asking about what the VIN plate looked like. Mm-hmm. It looked exactly like the GM plate. They knew exactly what they looked like. And when we went to um, – we thought we could just get it – repaired and fixed and get it inspected well it was uh the the the, the phony vin was still in the windowsill okay and mm-hmm. our you know there's there's like eight different places where your vin number is located you can call the manufacturer of your car if you want to identify where they are and they should tell you the task force won't tell you um what i did not know is that the yukon and again, they're in all in different places. Has the VIN number all over the place? The I didn't VIN, know that. The yeah. VIN is in uh, the glove box. The VIN is on the side of the car when you open the car. They had cut our VIN number off with a razor blade and left the air pressure tire part of it on there. Of course, I didn't know this until I talked to the task force. Um, it's in the engine. They wouldn't show me where it was, but apparently, if you're a guy or a mechanic or something, you know where to look for where on the engine. Um, it is uh, always in the dash. Uh, a lot hmm. of times it will be on the registration because it's just when you register, right. it's on there. Right. But our registration had been taken off. It wasn't registered. Um, it didn't show the registration. It right. was registered, but we had it. And it didn't match the VIN that they had on the windshield. Uh, when I went to go uh, have it inspected, the inspection, it passed inspection. We had the car completely repaired. Mm-hmm. Um, but... They used the stolen VIN, and so we called Montgomery County, and uh, and they said you need to go to the uh, to 102 Academy and set up an appointment because they need to verify that the VIN in the dash isn't the VIN on the motor. And so we made an appointment. We went up there, and I brought with me um, my uh, the theft report and our title. You know, everything showing it was our car, and everything they had changed the VIN or removed the VIN everywhere. But the computer, the computer had the old, the VIN in it when you hmm. like the one you bring it to the, uh, you know, the auto zone mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. and the the the, uh, the actual engine still had our VIN, but um, and then they suggested that that we have the VIN, the our actual VIN etched in the windows like they do on foreign made cars because thieves don't want to go to that much work once they steal your car Mm -hmm. um thieves these days are uh, from what they told me uh, many times they don't just chop them up it's just they can't move them fast enough and it's very sophisticated now um that most of the time not most of the time that's kind of a, a misstatement that they will go in and change the computer board um, so that their key works and they don't even have to change the lock. They can, they, they pop the hood. Hmm. And one of their suggestions was, and I'm going to go over this again in a minute, but one of the suggestions to me was to get a hood lock. It's a lot of work, but the hood lock prevents them from changing the computer board so that their key will work immediately. If they're 
they're watching you. They're they're kind of scoping out because there's different people in this the car right things mm-hmm. or car theft rings. rings. Mm-hmm. And um, but in our case, we didn't have a hood lock, and, and the the gal that helped me over at the auto theft center, and they're all like sheriff's deputies and people that work there. They said um, to also get a um, the bar for your steering wheel. Because it's too right. much work for them. They I've break. heard that that's like a down and dirty way to protect and your car. And they said um, no one wants to do it because it's a lot of work to start your car and it's got the bar on it. But they said it works and it really is a deterrent. To, yeah, and to they have can see it from outside the car they so they don't break it. the an, windows. It's an easy, let's, you know, grab and really? go kind of thing. Really? Right? Okay. And, um, and we're going to go over the other things that they suggested. But that was a big one for them was etching the windows, the locking the hood. And the bar, uh, well, it's just theft prevention. And so um, they, they checked ours out, and they said that when they, they went and they took, they were afraid they were going to have to have to bust out our, wind, our windshield to get to the, the GM um, uh, Vin, new VIN number there. because mm-hmm. they bolt them in. And they said they, can't, they don't have a tool to unbolt it because they bolt them in before they put the windshield on when they manufacture the car. And, um, but they said sometimes it looks so authentic that it's just glued. And lo and behold, it was glued in. And it took them a long time to get it out, but it looked, you, you couldn't even tell looking at the windshield. Wow, I it had was, no idea. It was that good. And so um, the, the, the gal over at, uh, they, they inspected, they said it was stolen car. That They said that more than likely they gave me an inspection, a, a law enforcement, a law enforcement inspection certificate and now i've got to go to uh another location i think it's in houston maybe the closest one over by greens point where they're going to do an additional inspection to replace the vents i can't replace my own vent they have to create it law enforcement does or and they get it through the car manufacturers she said more than likely like your social security number a car has a vent that they would have to give us an all new vent and so right now our car doesn't it's not it's a recovered stolen, um, and we got it. Um, you know the registration and stuff, uh, all that stuff done, and we've already got the insurance, so it's no longer an insurance issue. But we're having to go forward to clean it up. Um, it wouldn't have been that easy for us had we had a loan on the car, had it not been recovered, had it been owned several times. We had such clean title, right? And and kind of knew exactly what to do that we were able to go forward with doing that. The other, and that's kind of the tail where we're at. The other thing that happened with the car was um, we learned that the car thief um, was not legal. He was here um, uh, from Mexico. He's Mexican national. Uh, he told the people that arrested him in Fort Bend, he was arrested for unauthorized use of a vehicle, not stealing it, but unauthorized use. So that kept him for like a day. Um, when he went to Fort Bend, um, he told them that he didn't have any ID and that, but he gave him his name or a derivative of his name, fortunately for me. And um, he gave them a false birth date. Mm-hmm. And, but he had, he filled out the bond information uh, to get a PR bond and to get a court appointed. And so when he filled that out, he put a lot of false information on it because I looked at it. When I called the detective that found our car, I had to make all these phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I want the name of the person because I'm still looking for my skates. <laughs> That's all I care about. Where right. are my skates? Right. And um, the, uh, the, uh, I guess I was going to talk about the tow yard thing. I had to, that was a whole different ball game of trying to even, 
identify our car because you don't know once it's stolen if it's yours because they've stripped it of all its identity other than the color. So you couldn't tell when you went into the tow yard? Well, oh, the tow yes, yard has got, it was in Fort Bend. It was an hour and a half from here. That's where they recovered it. Mm-hmm. Um, it had big steel um, fences, so you couldn't see in. It was very well, but you could kind of see in through some little holes, but mm-hmm. you couldn't see from far away other than it looked like our car. And it, our car was in perfect shape, and it had some dents in it, so it may not have been. Mm-hmm. The hitch looked different. It just looked different when I was kind of peering in. So I had to wait. and had to go back twice. It was just a mess. Tow yard won't, you know, for the insurance, wouldn't tow it unless you were there, get them cash. I mean, it was just a mess. Mm-hmm. And so we finally got in, but the pe- when when I got in, I knew it was our car because my stuff was in it, mm-hmm. our A&M umbrellas Umbrella. they were still using mm-hmm. my i didn't know that my miraculous metal was in there it was kind of hidden but they had my face mask i had mm-hmm. custom face masks those right. were there mm-hmm. my law office pens with my law office name and address were on it. it's like why would they keep that in there and then a multitude of other things but it was clearly our car once i got in it they had the cup holder i'd given jim for christmas mm-hmm. and um it was just our car you knew mm-hmm. and it was a mess it was dirty it was awful but they had a lot of their own stuff there. and had been crashed a couple of it times it had been at a wreck um when we tried to start it, only the keys where the guy was arrested, you, our keys didn't work anymore other than to enter into it. So we knew that was another reason. We knew right. our fob worked. Mm-hmm. And um, when we uh, – but she was able to start it and all the check-in. It did start. The check engine light was on. It was a mess. They, they had they had put 15,000 extra miles on it in a short period of time. But we found the bill of sale in there. And that's where the first – and, and the, the, the paper plate that was on it, that was the first – cue to me to be able to go forward and sort of see what was going on Mm -hmm. you don't normally when your car's stolen you don't get that inside information because it's not recovered and usually the insurance company takes over once you tell it say it's a a total loss you don't even get to say anything do you have any idea how many stolen vehicles are recovered and returned on last week's show does that ring a bell i know it's tiny the percentage is lower but it's not as low as i thought it was and i can't remember right off what it was and i do remember now that my daughter did have her car stolen and it was actually returned us too which was a huge miracle Uh because i remember at that time knowing that the percentage of cars that are stolen i'm just real curious now what what happened what do you recall about that um my daughter was driving a little honda uh, I believe it was a, a four-door little Honda. Civic and Accords are like the number one and two stolen. I know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And this, I believe, was an Accord, but it was like a 1996. It was old, mm-hmm. and this was mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had left the keys in the car with the oh. engine running uh-huh. at the, the outside of an IHOP. Not to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, sure. Uh-huh. She wasn't thinking clearly. Right. and um, Well, no, she was thinking... People are honest. Mm, and I so, got to run an errand real yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. And so the, when she came out, the car was gone. And then two weeks later, the car was actually returned to us. Okay. And it was in great condition. But, but the where, guy how had was been, it returned? Uh, the police found it. This where? was This was in Colorado. Uh-huh. Uh, this was in Fort Collins, Colorado. The police found the car. And Sweet called us up Kenda. and said, hey, Kendra. we found it. The guy was living out of the car. The guy who had stolen uh-huh, it uh-huh. or had stolen it was living out of the car. And um, they just got all of his junk out uh-huh. of the car and gave us the car back. Wow. And mm-hmm. so it was running and everything. Mm-hmm. But weren't, weren't y'all afraid that you he knew where you lived and was, could we make copies of the keys? We and... Those things didn't even enter our mind back okay. then. We were so <laughs> grateful to have the car back, and it was okay. in good condition. Wow. Did you have insurance on it? Did the insurance company try to pay we, out? Or? We had insurance on it. I don't remember the details of that. I wasn't the one dealing with the okay. insurance company. Okay. Well, we they had offered us, I think I said this before, a um, an actual cash value. And the reason we didn't 
accept that because we didn't think we were going to get the car back for mm-hmm. sure. Right. Just, well, know. it was, wasn't it like two or three months? It was, um, they stole it on January 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, to, you know, to add to the timeline, it already had a bill of sale by January 18th, but it was a phony bill of sale. Mm-hmm. And um, they didn't recover it until it was in the commission of stealing another car as the getaway car on March 2nd. March. Okay, so we got a month and a half. Right. But they had, um, the insurance company had, uh, you know, after a month, they were, they had already done the um, the evaluations mm-hmm. and were, were offering us a certain cash value. But I, th- we couldn't replace it. It was in yeah. perfect running condition. It right. was like perfect. Jim kept this thing like the best car you can imagine. Uh, he drove it. It mm-hmm. Everything was, it was clean. It ran. We kept up with the best synthetic oil and, you well, know. you it just, drove it all the time too. Yeah, Tony. well, not as much as Jim did. And the only reason my skates were even in it was because we were maintaining the Tahoe at the dealership because mm-hmm. we maintain all our car, our older cars. And I had gone skating the night before and I was working on my, my, I was getting ready to work on my axles and I was all excited about it. The rinks were still open after Christmas. And so I'd left my cars, my, my skates in the car thinking the next day I was still going to need it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I would never do that, mm-hmm. especially in Jim's car. But, mm-hmm. uh, and then he took it to work mm-hmm. and I didn't, I, I'm, I, you know, have skates will travel. Skates, mm-hmm. Skaters, no matter how old you are, you always have your skates with you. Mm-hmm. And um, I left him in there thinking, oh, he went to work with my skates. You know, what if, what if I want to skate? Not that I would, but what if I wanted to? And then that got stolen. And the very first thing he told me was the car got stolen. I was like, my skates are in the car. You know, not how are you or, you know, did they, did, was it robbery? <laughs> it's like, where are my skates? <laughs> Were you hurt? <laughs> I need those skates now. That's right. And um, but it was, fortunately, it was not a a robbery. It was right. a theft. And so, um, uh, what happened was, uh, you know, she came in to the vehicle. Go back to the story that we we were able to determine it was mine. It had a lot of my stuff in it, and and then I left the car because it, it wasn't we couldn't drive it. Uh, in the condition it was in. So we left the car, and then the insurance company, the tow truck drivers, we can't get into it. They're not there. And finally, it was just like, oh, my gosh. They towed it up to um, a collision place up here near Spring. From the tow place? Yeah. Finally, USA okay. got it towed to because it didn't run. We right. needed to get it. You know, we needed an inspection from USAA to come determine whether it was a total loss or not. And because it did, it was recovered. And uh, but we were arguing with the value once again. We're like, what is the value? And they never would give it to us. And finally, um, I was like, you know, you you you're way ahead of the game. The car is recovered. You why don't you give us the value? And they they didn't. And finally, we said, well, we want the car. And so we got. Uh, you know, kind of a little amount of money for the value, but we got the car back, and so we fixed it. Mm-hmm. And then um, we we to, to move on up. Uh, to, we were talking about the car theft when I learned after talking to the detectives who, where they were. So this guy's in Fort Bend County. They released him on a PR bond the next day uh, with no money no at much, all. Yeah. He was zeroed down. He had no. He had an ice hole, but they didn't. They didn't um, use it. Mm-hmm. And so he got released. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't talk to the guy if I know where my skates are. And so I said, well, and I thought well, he, the guy said he probably didn't give us the right name. And I'm like, and then I, they, they, fortunately, Fort Bend did a good job. They, they got our car. Mm-hmm. I was happy about that. Right. They stopped him. They right. caught him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did um, charge him with three felonies and three misdemeanors, all involving the same incident. Um, it wasn't car theft, but when I, um, it did stop him, and I got a name. So then I thought, this guy's done this before. Clearly, I, he was the getaway driver. Mm-hmm. And so um, I looked him up in Harris and in uh, Galveston and in Montgomery, and I got a hit, so 
to speak, in Harris um, because there was a similar name. It wasn't the exact name and a similar birthday. So I looked into it, and I thought, I'm sure this is this guy. And he was set for a, a, for car theft, set for trial from three years prior. And he had an ice hold back from 2012 and been released again. It was just he kept getting caught, assuming this was the same guy, mm-hmm. and released. But I thought, I know it's the same guy. And he had kidnapping, and he had a whole bunch of felonies and stuff. But... He was illegal here in the United States that, had been, that ICE didn't care about, mm-hmm. that had let come back in and released him and wasn't no hold on him anymore, and had been given the wrong name to Fort Bend, who released him, just to, and Harris had released him on a bond with his uh, court-appointed attorney. So he was just out there stealing more cars with his ring, and I was just like, I'm going to stop this. And so what I did was I looked at all the bond information from Harris, and I made the connection. He had the same cell phone number. Nothing else matched except for his name was a derivative, and his birth date was like two days off. But the signature was the same, and the and the cell phone number was the same. And I called Harris's prosecutors, who I knew, and I was like, "You need to revoke this bond. I need my ice skates back." They were like, "Whatever, you know, just you're like, you're here for the ice skates." I'm like, "Yes." So they really stole the car of the wrong person. I wanted my skates back. I was going to find. And so, um. Fortunately, the prosecutor was angry, too, because he'd gotten a PR bond. They didn't want that. And, you know, we're usually on the other side. We're usually yeah. prosecutors let our guys out. In this case, I'm like, revoke that bond. I know it's the same guy. And there was a, a, a massive black thong in the car in, amongst other clothing and stuff. And I was like, some fat girl is having sex with this guy or somebody in this car. And so I told him, I'm like, look, I will testify for you. This is this week. I said, I will testify that you know, this, uh, everything that I found and to show that he knew this was a stolen car. And if he wants to say it's not him, I bet I have his DNA on this, this thong. And, you know, so let's just go there. And they never called me, but they got the bond revoked. So he's back in jail. Well, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Is he in jail now? He's in jail now. Uh huh. And because you going to talk to him and say, where the heck are my skates? I am not going to get that involved. I will go and talk to him for you, Tony. Well, good. (laughs) He's a thief, though. He won't even know who I am. He probably won't let me in the jail and with all the Zoom and stuff. Um, More than likely, he won't speak to me anyway, because he would be, you know, his rights would be breached if he said anything. And he's probably been told by people all the way up the the ring, you know, die before you talk or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, or maybe he's a ringleader. I don't know. He's a car driver. I doubt he's the ringleader. But um. So he um, he got his bond revoked, and what I learned, uh, what I told the prosecutors in Harris is, this guy did not need a court appointed, and he definitely didn't need a PR bond. He just hired the most expensive law firm in Houston to represent him in Fort Bend. Really? Yeah, right. And he and so when I was like, you can't let him out. I wanted to see what he looked like when I was because I was following the Fort Bend cases. They said, well, he lawyered up. He didn't even have to come in. And then I looked at his lawyer was. I'm like. This is an expensive law firm. Mm-hmm. And how does he afford that? He mm-hmm. lawyered up with the mm-hmm. best guy in town. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I told the, I'm like, look at this, you know, how is he affording this? Because he's, he's stealing cars and selling them to pay for his defense. And, and so the whole thing just is coming down right now. I don't know what has happened. But in the interim, so there's a different angle to this with all these different people I'm talking with. Um, I made a report to the DMV because... Um, the this guy stole our car and there was more damages than than we were able to recover and um when i saw the paper plate i was able to identify the phony dealership but it wasn't phony it was legitimate so i looked into the secretary of state determined um who the dealership was it had been set up six months before. I all I all I still want is my the dealership state. had been set it up. It's been set up m- to the Secretary of State. You have to have a dealership bond of twenty five thousand to set up a dealership. Really? And um I knew that 
my car had been stolen with a phony plate. And so I wanted to find out who, who ran this dealership. dealership. So I looked right. at the dealership. wasn't even real. It was If it was real, it was just, you know, it looked like an apartment complex. It, it was out in southwest Houston. It, it looked like it was just a, a placeholder. And so I went down to my car criminals, and I said, I talked to him in person. I'm like, do you all know this guy? Do you know anything about this? I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a great guy. I'm like, he's not a great guy. Oh, no, he is a great guy. I mean, he's not a great guy. He stole my car. I said, I want my skates back, and I'll let up, you know, however, whatever it took. And they said, right. they said, well, don't get him in trouble. You know, he's got a family to to feed and stuff. I'm like, yeah, well, so, does, so do we. And and he shouldn't be stealing cars to do it. He should get a real job. And um, he said, uh, well... He didn't do anything but sell the plates. It's a, it's a paper mill. They go on the internet. They sell the plates to these people. He didn't even know the guy was that stole your car. And he, he makes a little commission off each sale. I'm like, good. But but this is the guy who stole your car. You no, were asking no. about the dealership no, the, guy. Yeah, the dealership guy was not oh. this. He's not. Okay. It's not like, I can't make the connection. But I did have a paper plate on right. my stolen car. Right. And a dealership name. And the dealership name, I'll go ahead and say it because they're, they're under investigation, was... Um, High Country of Houston, LLC. Mm-hmm. So I looked him up, found out, found out who the owner was when they were set up, who their agent was. It looked legit. Uh, found out that this guy, um, you know, looked for his name everywhere. His, his name, if this is the same person that set it up, he's got a whole bunch of different names with hyphens and stuff. And so I asked my friend, he goes, he knows the guy. He's not my friend. He was a client of clients, you know, kind of down the deep. Right. But I went in person. I was looking for my skates, looking at dumpsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so... He said, no, no, he just has a paper mill. They just, they sell the plates. And then what they do, once that one goes out of business, somebody else picks up another one. And so anytime you see a paper plate, it may be a stolen car. Not necessarily, but in this case it was. And we hmm. were able to learn that it he had done this before because right. my friend had bought a car that was stolen with the same plate. And it was like, what is going on with this little hole-in-the-wall place? And so... um. I looked him up. I couldn't find his name. I did all my little researches, you know, defense attorney doing all the work. And um, it, uh, my, my, fr- my friend said that, or my friend, 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 you know, far removed, said, oh, no, um, they just sell the plates. He won't even know who the person was that sold this car or has the car. But I said, yeah, but he put his name on it. So and he gave them a plate to be able to do it, and right. so I'm I want re, I want you know reparations here, mm-hmm. and so um, I was watching the Harris County live streams, and it happened upon a, a trial where um, this uh, insurance company had sued the bond company uh, for the under the bond they want because it's only a twenty five thousand dollar bond to be a dealership, but it's still it's there to protect people when their cars are being stolen or you know when they do bad things where they won't give you the um the title you can sue the dealership under the bond that they have small bond but still mm-hmm. they'll get their bond revoked if it's bad dealing through the DMV and that's how you get some sort of Relief. recompense right mm-hmm. and so um I made a report, and the uh, the detective for the Department of Motor Vehicles called me this morning, and said, "Well, he's already under the, or that dealership, but it's really just a, you know one person thing. He's already under investigation, and so we can't go forward with it. We have other options." I said, "Yeah, I'm going to sue under the bond." He goes, "Great, sue under the bond." He goes, "But you need to do it before we yank his his license." And so, I'm going to sue under the bond because I just I was watching this Harris County case that where there was a summary judgment in favor of the person suing under the bond, but Mm -hmm. the bond company had um, a top-of-the-line company uh, uh, representing them. And I'm trying to think of the name of the company. A law firm representing them? Yeah, they had a top-of-the-line law company. The bonding company didn't want to give up the bond money. The dealership, this particular dealership, the one I was watching, was a big dealership, unlike 
the, the one, one that you I was were dealing, dealing with. with, right? Which may be the only way. Well, we Well, what get. did the dealership not want to do? The dealership didn't want to have to give the bond up. They wanted their bond. The bonding company, the dealership said, "We don't have any money left, or whatever. Take it." And so, and so the dealership said, "Well, whatever we've got, you can go to our bond to to pay back the money that was lost by whatever the bad deed was." And the bond company had a really um, expensive law firm and the bond company said we're not giving that up you know the bond only cost them like six hundred dollars since the bond company was out a lot of money they're like no we're not going to give that because you can't make the connection or whatever the argument was and it's on um, advisement through that court and oh, I'm, I'm okay. following it mm-hmm. but what it did was it showed me the the format to mm-hmm. use to be able to go after the bonding company mm-hmm. and who their um, agent was because it was a current case mm-hmm. so I was doing that and I thought that was kind of interesting that I just happened to be watching a case so this is not uncommon to buy a car, whether it be through a dealership or through an individual, and learn it is stolen or get the title right away. Is that the tale of two cities? The two cities is when you get a car stolen, or and the second yeah, the city tale is of when two you cities. purchase the other car. So I, I just told you the example of our situation where mm-hmm. our car was stolen, and me trying to find out how we could have reparations, mm-hmm. and then going through all the little, you know, finding out all the stuff about stolen cars mm-hmm. and what we had to do, mm-hmm. versus the the tale of two cities is the other side of it. My friend just um, ha- came up to me and said, I bought this car. It was a really good deal. and um, But I'm afraid it might be stolen. Everything matches. I did all my homework. You know, I got the Carfax. I uh, had it checked out by a mechanic. It works fine. You know, it was, a, it was under the market by 10000 but it was a $35,000 car. So it not, wasn't Maybe necessarily stolen. somebody wanted stolen. to sell it, right? Um, you know, it, it looked like everything looked legitimate on it. Uh, I paid cash, so he didn't do what he should have done, which, which is was, what? Uh, don't say it's the deal of the century. Do um, have a mechanic look at all the VIN numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Carfax, if he had really looked at it, and he didn't speak English that well, uh, showed that the last owner was not the person he was purchasing it from. Mm-hmm. And it also showed that the person he purchased it from, the owner, the alleged owner, the mm-hmm. one that sold it to him, wasn't there in person. According to the auto task force um, uh, personnel, they said that um, it is not uncommon at all for a person with a stolen vehicle to show up with the driver's license and a power of attorney and a bill of sale, but the person selling it is not the person whose name's on the title. Oh, okay. And, and that's what happened yeah, to this person. Yeah, that's very common. That's what happened to this person. They said the girl was working that day, but it was a good deal. She had a couple other people that were interested in selling it. Deal of the century. Wait, you wait know. he got it from a car dealership? No, he got it from an individual, but it, the individual... Uh, oh, the owner the, was supposedly working that day. Yeah, so this representative that he got was like through she was selling it through a dealership, but they were just going to sell it. And the paper plate was High Country of Houston LLC. When I saw that right after I just discovered Mm -hmm. this, I'm like, what is going on with this? I mean, how is it that how often could this be happening that this is Fort Ben Harris Montgomery and I'm just seeing this in Montgomery? And so, um, Mm. so everything matched for this guy other than the big red flags, red flags where the price was too low. The actual seller wasn't there. The signature looked kind of similar, but it wasn't exact Mm -hmm. to me. But people sign their names differently. Mm -hmm. Um, The bad thing was he gave up, you know, cash to get the car. The title looked completely legitimate. The paper, it was a title. It felt legitimate. It had the embossing on it. Mm -hmm. He had a bill of sale. Everything looked, it was the same make, model, and everything. And so I said, well, let me look into it. And then I found the car. It wasn't reported stolen through any of the agencies. Uh, But... 
But the car title showed that the last owner was a dealership. So I looked on the dealership's inventory, just goofing off, and it was there. So I called the dealership, being my friend's friend, saying... So they didn't know that the car had been no, stolen? No, but then I found out the car that then had not been stolen. They were like, come see it. The VIN matches. Oh, we looked it all out. We checked it out. It ends up that it was a VIN clone. The VIN, that they just waited for the exact make, model, year, and everything to be sort of available two years later. And I told my guy, I said, your VIN matches this car. There's two VIN numbers. And I said, they're telling me it's not stolen, but they don't. I'm not letting them in on it because I didn't want to you're right, raise the ire of the dealership. They were just, you know, and I might do that now. But so my guy went and he looked at the engine and the engine didn't match. So I put the engine number in and it was stolen two years prior oh. uh, in Harris County. And so... Wow, what a sophisticated racket. Yeah, it's very sophisticated. They waited until almost an identical, identical in make, model, year, the way it looked, everything. This car I looked at that my friend had was identical to the car that was on the dealership lot. Identical. Yeah. Um, except it was just off by a little bit. And so um, it was a Van clone, though, because we were able to identify that. And his little GM faceplate was perfect. It looked exactly like mine did, and mine was a phony. And so um, I asked the auto task force, what do you do? I mean, he bought a stolen car, but he doesn't want to be arrested driving a stolen car. And they said, well, he's a victim also. And so um, they said, don't drive the car. Um, you have a couple of options, but the main thing is, is you, you need to bring it in because we're not going to arrest him, but we need to look at it to verify it's stolen. They didn't want to tell me where they could look for all the, where the VIN numbers are, but my guy had already found it, so we knew it was. And it had been, it was in the National Crime Database as stolen. And so, of course, if you buy a car from Carvana or dealership or anybody, you need to look, you need to have a mechanic look where all of those VINs are to make sure they all match because these were so sophisticated Who that knew? you did everything you were supposed to do. Well, the, there were some red flags, but we did everything we were supposed to do. Right. And and we still had a bad time. You know, we knew our car was stolen, but mm -hmm. we wouldn't have known it. And nobody buying it except the people stole it were sophisticated and our you know, lock was in the back seat, and you know there was a lot of telltale oh, all signs. All the evidence, but, but you wouldn't have known aside. We from wouldn't that. have known. They right. could have sold it to someone else, and sure. it would never have been known if they cleaned in Tennessee it up. Tennessee or something. Yeah, yeah. But they would never have known, but for it was being the, used in the commission of crime, and so we wouldn't have been able to. The guy would have been arrested, and then been cut loose, or he would. I'm a victim, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what happened is uh, they said that he needs to bring the car in. They're going to identify it as stolen because the engine's not going to match. And you know, I found the crime database, um, but he and he can have a hearing by one of the JP courts if he wants to try to keep it. You know, I paid for it. It's mine. No one's claiming it. But the truth of the matter is, it's going to be turned over. And so I asked her, I'm like, well, what if he goes to the true owner and asks to buy it? Well, that's what we're doing right now. We're, we're trying to contact the true owner that it had, was stolen by. The problem is it had a loan on it, and it was an insured. You have to have an insured if you have a loan on it. And it shows up in the database who has the lien. More than likely, this car was stolen. The one that had the lien was some dealership. Then they turned it over to insurance, who now the real the real owner is the insurance oh, company, the insurance and they're company. not going to flip it over. Mm -mm. They're going to take want to take it because it's in perfect condition mm -hmm. and resell it, mm -hmm. or the dealership is going to resell it. So this guy is just out twenty five thousand. Not if I can sue the same phony dealership under their bond. I'm less interested in becoming whole for myself, other than a little bit of money I was out. 
than he is. He's out right. cash. Right. He has babies. This is so unfair to him. Yeah. I mean, he should have known, but um, but anyway. So um, what I want to say real quick is. You say that he should have known, and I'm just thinking about our listeners, and you've said this a couple of times, but he should have known because the price was too low, because what are the three things? He should have known the price was too low. The actual owner that owned the car that was on the Carfax that he ran was not the person there in Selling him the car. And was there one other thing? Uh, The, uh, let me think of what it was. The, The big ones for him were the price was too low, the owner wasn't there. Oh, the Carfax didn't show the person selling it was the actual person on the car. And when I looked up the owner, this particular owner was in jail. Uh, she was in the Harris County Jail at the time that the dealership was showing the title was changing. So the owner was even a criminal. So you have to look up that, too, who's oh, selling it. So yeah, okay. there was a lot of red flags on that. But mm-hmm. he wouldn't have known. He barely no. speaks English. Right. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of things you need to do. But those are the main ones that he could have seen knowing that he was buying a stolen car. Mm-hmm. The big, big one was the price was too good. Yeah. You know. And, right. But he, everything else checked out. It, it wasn't even – it's still not shown as stolen. Because mm. because it's a Ben clone. Right. Um, okay. So here's what you do want to do real, real quick. We have two minutes according to Station Manager Dick. Um, how to prevent your car from being stolen. So that was our, our the first tale of two cities. Mm-hmm. Keep your vehicle locked at all times, even while driving. Someone can open your door. Right. Um, when parked, never leave your keys in the car. Close all windows and the sunroof because they can get in. Um Avoid, never leave your car running and unattended. Mm-hmm. Too easy. Like my poor a daughter. Crime of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Avoid leaving valuables inside your vehicle where passersby can see them mm-hmm. because you're just tempting the devil. Mm-hmm. Do not leave your vehicle title in the car by any stretch no of the imagination. Kidding. They'll use that on selling, not even that one, another one. They can, they're so good. This title that was phony that we had looked so legitimate. I looked at it, an attorney, I've seen them. It looked completely legitimate. Wow. Um, the feel and everything. Too often the car thief is pulled over, gets away with from the police because he's got the title and the registration of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, know where you're going. Avoid high crime areas, even if the alternative route takes longer. Mm-hmm. Um, install an anti-theft season in a vehicle, even if it doesn't have one. Thieves are reluctant to steal vehicles if they know the cars can be recovered quickly. Thieves prefer to work in the dark. Be particularly cautious at night about where you park your car. Parking a well at your are still good today. Look around. Be aware of your surroundings, especially in garages, parking lots, and gas stations. You want to wear, be where a traffic attendant can see it or somebody can see it. Don't park cheap like I do because you're asking for your car to be stolen. Have your car's vehicle registration etched in each of the windows. Car thieves want to get off cheap. They don't want to go replacing the gas with your bin in the window. Okay, Tony Dick is telling us that we need to wrap up. We want to thank you guys for listening. We want to remind you to serve God by serving others. We'll see you next week.